What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Zero Cool Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Zero Cool. Joining me, uh, former DJ, but real name, DJ Thompson, hanging out, or Thompson, excuse me, hanging out with us today, sipping a scotch. He's got his sunglasses on, middle of the night. Yes. Future's so bright, he's got to wear shades. What's going on, True brother? that. Not too much. How you doing? I'm doing well. Excellent. We had so much stuff to talk about in the pre-interview for this. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Um, You know what? Number one, this shirt is fucking amazing. Thank you Thank for you. wearing this. Shoplifted it. Now, was this from Nashville, too? Oh, no, no. I stole this well before Nashville. So. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I did wear this... In Nashville, um, went down there for my birthday, and uh, man, the South is still incredibly racist. It, is, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting trip. A lot of, a lot of white people. So, so let me ask you this: So you were doing dive bars, and you were going around, and then yep. somehow you were picking up like old band T-shirts as well. So like I did go down there. I went down there for my birthday, but I also I. Uh, I buy and sell a lot of stuff, uh, band shirts included. So if anybody out there is interested in selling their old stuff, please contact me. Um, but we'll uh, post a link right after this. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I mean, I was down there. I went to uh, I went to a very very terrible bar called the Beer Joint. Um, they only serve beer. Um, <clears throat> upon walking, first off. The parking lot, chock full of meth heads. Uh, so oh, I, these are my was, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, no, this place seems a little dicey, but I'm going in. Walked in, and uh, and there is a, there's three women in there. One of them uh, is wearing a Metallica shirt. I was like, sweet. Order a beer. I said to her, I was like, uh, I believe, I think her name was Rachel. I was like, hey, I, you know, I, I just a heads up. I'm, I'm interested in buying any band shirts you might have one you're wearing included currently i will buy this today if uh, if you want to sell it to me and she uh she was like oh yeah i have a few band shirts she said to me um she said well i also have a painting by james earl ray do you know who that is um uh, unfamiliar he is the assassin of martin luther king oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah upon saying that she also said to me but he didn't do it <laughs> i was like so did the record scratch uh, someone in the back dropped a stack of plates the, the hillbilly music continued to play <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was still solid hillbilly jams plan and uh but uh yeah i mean they i got a quick lesson in uh in that james earl ray did not kill martin luther king um i sip my beer very quietly and very slowly and uh just listened just listen. Didn't want to engage in the conversation too mm -hmm. much. So, um, within ten minutes, I was told that the races shouldn't mix, uh, which uh, I was having. A, it was terrifying. So it was. It was basically the what what you would expect from like the nineteen forties yeah. down there, except it's twenty twenty one. Dead <laughs> in the middle of the city. This was not even in the suburbs. This Holy was shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird, weird time. So, uh, so wait, did you end up, just out of curiosity, did you end up buying the shirt off her I did buy back? the shirt off of her. Yep. Okay. Uh, you could smoke in bars down there still. I don't know if you knew that or not. No. Oh, wait, yeah. wait. Are they smoking meth? Are they smoking uh, cigarettes? I for sure we're smoking meth somewhere in there. So <clears throat> anyways, I bought, I bought the shirt that night, but she told me she had, she had shirts more shirts and I should come back in the next day. So the next day I, I walk into the bar again. Oh, there's a round two with this bitch. Yes, okay. Yep. Next day <laughs> I walk in and, uh, and there's a crackhead in the bar and he has like home goods, 
all over the bar and I walked in and she looked at me and she was like, it, this is the home shopping network. I was like, what does that mean? She was like five finger discount. I was like, oh, <laughs> she said, she was like, uh, y'all ain't got any boosters up by you. And I was like, oh yeah, we got boosters. And I, was like, I was like, I don't know. I was trying to ingratiate myself with the fucking hillbillies, and I was like, uh, "I was like, oh, what do you got? <laughs> that pack of t-shirts? I'll pay three dollars for that." <laughs> so uh, I came home with a giant jug of uh, Dawn dish soap and a pack of Hanes t-shirts for twelve bucks. It was not that good of a deal. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. Like I think about like my past, like the the whole racism thing. Sure, like. We, we've kind of talked about like how we had like like metal and like punk like influences growing up yep. and it dawned on me like a, like a couple of months ago <laughs> that I was like oh I remember that time like so to kind of set this preference or the, the kind of set the story everyone kind of had a nickname when we we're growing up like sure. I had a buddy Matt we always called him Chuda like we had like I don't know. We had like friends. Like we had like Mexican Rob, yes. and we had a dude named Crotch because his name was Rob too. Yes. We had like five mics. So one of the one of the guys' name was Anus. Like we had nicknames for everyone. Well, one of the dudes was Skinhead Rob. Sure. And I just assumed it was because I was like, oh, he's got a shaved head, not because he was a racist. <laughs> Actual skinhead. I was fucking wrong. <laughs> so the we're name all, was literal. Yeah, and I was like. I was like, holy shit. And like, you know, being like 15 years old, you don't put two and two together. Sure. I had not seen Romper Stomper. Yep. I had not seen American History X. Sure. I didn't get that when you wore a bomber jacket and like combat boots yep. that you meant fucking business. And I always thought it was weird that he always carried a lead pipe in his pocket. And I was just like, what's with the lead pipe? He's like, oh, in case we got to fuck people up. And I was like, all right. All right. I was like. <laughs> I roll with some, you know, fucking, he's a punker, dude. He's a punker. Like, I get it. Like, whatever. So he's like, hey, man. He's like, we're going bowling. We're doing this, so on and so forth. I just realized, take the skinhead bowling. Anyway. (laughs) That's a jam. I love that song. So, yeah. So we'd we'd gone bowling. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go hang out at my house. I was like, all right, cool. So we, I hop in the truck with him and a couple of his buddies, all who are like, one who's like keeping it pretty high and tight. Another one who's a skinhead. And we go over to his house. And he's like, Parker you want to see something really cool? And I was like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. 15 years old at the time, we go into this dude's basement and it was straight out of World War II where I was like, holy (laughs) shit. There's like huge fucking Nazi flag. He's like, bro, check out this plate. He's like, there's like the SS on the back of it. There's like bayonets and shit like that. This dude collects. I was like, so you're a big World War II? Two <laughs> fanatic, you're big like, into collecting. I was like, Do you have anything from Russia? Maybe, <laughs> like, just trying to like give him an out. Like, please, like, I've been hanging out with you for a couple weeks. Please do not be a complete and a racist. As it's rolling through my head, I'm like, Oh, shit. these guys don't realize I'm fucking Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then it was at that point, I was like, Oh, you have nothing from the other side, like US, England. Or even, like, I would have settled for Italy. Like, you got anything from Mussolini? You got anything Japan, maybe? Russia? Nothing. Just all Nazi shit. And then the teetering point was when I was like, oh, you have clan shit, too. I was like, we're a little far north for that. And I was like, okay. I was like, hey, guys, like, I'm just, I'm going to take off. I got to watch my brother and sister in the morning. Like, 
It was nice hanging out with you guys. Like, well, yeah, dude, totally. We'll go, we'll go bowling again soon. <laughs> I went, I was like, oh, you guys don't have to give me a ride home. I, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't want you guys to know where the fuck I live. <laughs> So I like I called a cab and it like I sweated the ten minutes waiting. I was like, I'm like waiting for him to come outside and be like, Parker. By the way, we saw a picture of your family. What's with the you know? Let's be like, honest. I was like, fuck, dude. So I get home and I'm like, holy fuck. I was like, I was legit hanging out with fucking like legit skinheads, yeah. and I was like, holy fuck. I was like, and that's like, and for me it was something that like I didn't even realize like. Yeah, I was like, fuck, dude, I completely forgot about that until like a couple of months ago. And I was like, God damn, dude. Yeah, it's weird. It's like casual racism's very weird. I think people are much more nonchalant in racism up here. And like down south, it's, it is in your face, dude. I mean, I, we thankfully, I ended up renting a truck. I was like, oh, I'm going to go kick out in the country. I want to go. I want to go to the antique stores and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So um, they gave me a pickup truck and they gave me Texas plates. So I was like, oh, sweet. I got a fucking free pass. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I could go anywhere. So like, uh, but I was rolling around everywhere out there, just rebel flags flying all over the place. I mean, it's no bullshit, dude. These, these people, the South is still the South in 100 and all of their inside furniture is in piles outside, which I found very odd as well. So wait, so let me get this straight. So it's like I I was being Midwestern all my sure. life. Like I've been down to Tennessee. Yep. I've been to Nashville and stuff like that. Um, but I've never seen any of that stuff. So like for me, it was like we went to the bars. We hung out in the downtown and that was about it. But like I never went to like any shitholes. And shit sure, like dude, so like for me, like I guess seeing like, for example, the, the rebel flag sure. in during the, the, the protests and the, the insurrection on the Capitol, seeing that, like, I was like, holy shit, like, that's not normal. That's not something you typically see, but... It's super normal. So, okay, yeah, so yeah. for the South, they're like, that was like, oh, they yeah. just brought a flag. I mean, for real, dude, that, that is, that is incredible. As soon as you get out, it seems like they're, they, they have, there's no problem with, with that, which, once again, I mean, I, I'm sure, like... There's there's a normalization to things where where you make excuses so where you know what I'm saying that 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 I deal with the stuff with with family to a certain extent where it's like you know I'm I'm telling my parents no that's that's a that's a racist thing and my mom's like oh no that's not racist I'm like yeah it 100 percent is like you like like the the normalization of of things starts. It's dicey, man. I don't know. I, it's a weird, weird world we're living in. I would, and... I would say this that you know, for let's say I don't know how old your parents are. We'll say it's yeah. like sixty years. For the last forty years of that, that was the normal, and it's it's not easy for them to adjust. Sure, of and course. it's it's one of those things that like even over our lifetime, you could talk about all the things that have changed. You know, gay marriage is something that's normal now, yep. and it's one of those things that at first. You're not sure what to think about these things. And then all of a sudden you're just like, well, you know, you always look back on history and you go, well, the people that fought against certain things usually ended up on the wrong side. Sure. So I usually just my thought process is give it time and get used to it. And my philosophy is this, is that when it comes to I'm not saying racism, but I would say like anything that's like trans, anything that's like LGBTQ, sure. so on and so forth. 
it's one of those things I just try and listen and go, okay, like what am I what am I supposed to learn that's here? What, that's what you're looking for. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's where that's where the problem lies. So like, you know, everybody's take BLM for instance. You know, everybody's experience with the police is not the same. Mm-hmm. And if you have a large majority of the population saying that this is a problem that we aren't being treated correctly. And you stand back and say, that's not true. I'm, I'm treated fine. Well, you know, you're not, you're not listening to, to what that, that part of the population is is saying, you know, you're only going off of your own experience instead of opening yourself up and saying, Hey, maybe this is a problem. A lot of people are saying this is a problem. I can watch a video of, of the police shooting somebody in the back. Mm-hmm. That's an issue for me. I mean, that that's when I think that that maybe I should listen. Maybe something is wrong, and there and there isn't a lot of there's my experience is going to be is going to be different. It just is. I think you hit it on the head there. Everyone's perspective is completely different, and I think it's hard for people to see outside the realm. For sure. Um, and it, I mean, it's I mean even difficult for me at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like. I just try and encourage people to just be open. We totally fucking sidetracked into totally oh, yeah, something yeah, else. For yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but Lis- yeah, listening. I yeah. mean, I think that's, listening a, at the that's end all of the day it comes down to yes. Is is just listening and and you know having a, a level of care and respect for the people around you. Sure. Um, much like you care about <laughs> your furniture that you've <laughs> yeah, yes, been working I do. on. Yes. Um, yep. DJ was telling yep. me off air. You were telling me about how you've been uh, collecting antique furniture. Sure. Yep. And then you've been restoring it and and flipping it. So yeah. so I'm familiar with flipping rental properties. Sure. I'm familiar with like flipping cars. Yeah. Flipping furniture for me is yeah. a new one. So so for me, I uh, I grew up. My dad was a record collector growing up. So and I grew up in L.A. Uh, and I was at record shows every weekend when I was a kid. So uh, he always flipped vinyl. We had uh, fifty thousand forty fives in my garage when I was a kid. Holy shit! Yep. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's just always been something that, that he's done. Um, my parents always owned businesses and they'd owned video stores when I was growing up. And, um, years ago, I thought I wanted to open up a Nintendo bar. Uh, this was probably in about 2000, 2002. Um, and my parents still had all of our old NES games in their basement, all still in the box. So... Um, I was like, Hey, can I have some of these games or whatever? Um, my dad was like, you take one, you're taking them all. So I started going on eBay and I was like, well, shit, these things are worth a lot of money. Uh, so I started flipping, I got into video games, flipping vintage video games and stuff. Um, at the time I was working at Ruben's furniture, Mm -hmm. um, in the third ward. And I was really into modern modern design mid-century modern design um i had somebody who i used to skateboard with had moved to chicago opened up a a mid-century furniture store down there got me into got me into the furniture stuff so then i started flipping furniture so um super competitive it's not it's not what it it used to be a little bit easier than what it is now mm-hmm. you have got to be at estate sales at six o'clock in the morning if they open up at nine uh you have got to be scouring craigslist constantly for me when i was down in nashville i found a couple of pieces that were that were good but it's uh it's tough man it's a competitive business so um 
So I flip all kinds of stuff now. The furniture, I flip when I find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been selling marbles. <laughs> Hold on. I, I want to go back to the to the furniture sure. for one second. So are you doing like 19th century stuff? So or is this like like nope. Victorian? Or is it just like kind of all over the place? Nope. It's So it's 50s, 60s, okay. 70s stuff. So, oh, nice, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, you have I, – I look specifically for design pieces. So like Danish modern stuff is huge. If you watch Mad Men, most of the stuff on there is stuff that I'm looking for. So um, – the construction of, of Danish furniture is outstanding. Um, high quality, great craftsmanship, uh, cool design, very simple design. Um, it's just it's just made better. And most of it, you know, when people are buying furniture in the 50s and 60s, they tended to take care of it a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they it lasted a lifetime, basically. You know, a lot of those people had gone through depression when the depression when they were young. Um and fast furniture wasn't a thing so it's like the stuff you buy now I, ikea is garbage but even when i was working at rubens it's like a lot of this high-end stuff is just like high-end ikea stuff i mean it's still just press board crap it's garbage yeah you know, so um i just i think about how i've trashed my fucking couch over the last <laughs> two or three yeah. years <laughs> yeah I, you know i mean it's easy to do so yeah. i mean it's uh so you were saying marbles so you're flipping marbles so out too? now uh actual marbles yes uh i do i do very well on it i keep saying it's a dying market because um when i started i fell into it accidentally but it's like i'm part of some auction groups on facebook and uh, and if I'm selling these things, I I tend to get a message where it's like, can I please send you cash or a check? <laughs> I'm like, like, like I have Venmo, I have, I have a Cash App. You can do any of these, and yeah. they're like, please cash check. I'll send it to you. Like the, everybody who does it is 90 years old. So, um, but you know, I don't know. It's uh, a lot of a lot of gorgeous girls tend to fall for marble collectors. It's a very strange <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> so what you're saying is you've got into it for the chicks. Yes, basically. That, you see, that's <laughs> how I started DJing. Yeah, well, I mean, smart. <laughs> that seems smarter, if I'm being honest. That seems like a smarter way to go. For me, it was it was I was kind of an awkward kid that just... I had a fascination with music. Um, sure. I was like, yeah. for me, I was writing from a young age. Like okay. I, in middle school, I was writing about like any CD that was coming across yeah. the table. So like I was totally constantly had my ear to the radio, yeah. like anything that knew that would come out, yeah. I would be like, oh, I need to grab this. I need to grab this. Same way. Yeah, and I, mean... I constantly was just going through music. And then it was just me writing reviews through middle school yeah. and high school. And then I was really blessed in the sense that uh, growing up in Oak Creek, we had a TV production studio sure. inside our high school, okay. which actually my brother is a uh, big shout out to Mr. Stock. <laughs> um, I, I had stock when I was in high school. He also had stock when yeah. he was in high school. Um, but we were real fortunate to have a TV studio sure. in our school. So my friends and I, like when we would go to these shows when I was a kid, we'd take video cameras with sure. us and we would just put them. We'd have like wireless mics and we just put them in people's faces and be like, hey, um, I don't know. I remember like. One of the one of the interviews that probably sticks out the most was when I got to interview the guys from Garbage. Okay. Now, mind you, I'm 15, 16 years old, and I have a huge crush on Shirley Manson. Sure. And so all I wanted to do, I was like, I really want to meet Shirley Manson, and I was like, I like I I 
did a quick take and I was like, wait, I was like, the members of Garbage are all the guys that own Smart Studios out in Madison. These are the guys that produced the Nevermind album. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's right. Butch Vig, who, sure. who more recently had been working, working with the Foo Fighters. Um, and I was like, shit, I was like, dude, I'm like, I can actually make a really good interview about this. The problem is, is that I nerded out so hard that everyone's like, dude, no one cares. Everyone wants to talk about the music, so on and so forth. Sure. I did talk about Garbage, but I got totally caught up with the fact that I was like, so you guys record the Nevermind album. Tell me about that. Sure. Tell me what it's like working at your studio. And then we ended up getting into a huge conversation. Uh, Steve Marker and I did off camera about how this was in the late 90s, how there was a transition between analog to digital. Sure. And one of the programs that was coming out at the time was a program called uh, Acid, which okay. was made sure. by the time uh, Sonic Foundry, yep. which then was bought by Sony, which I actually to this day I still fucking use. Sure. Um, and we were talking about how it was going to, he was like, yeah, he's like, you know, you take a look at, he had mentioned Pro Tools and he was like, yeah, he's like Pro Tools is basically the same thing, except for the fact that you can use this and so literally paint and play. And I was like, oh shit, go to the website that night and I get a demo version and I like, it was like acid 1.0 and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And then from there it was like, they had a, um, they had a website, I think it was like acidplanet.com sure. where they had the full stems of like, for example, like they would have a contest. They'd be like, so Madonna would release a new single or like gravity kills would be like, have a remix contest for like one of their singles and shit like that. And I downloaded all these stems. And I was like, at some point I could remaster an entire song. And for the early part of like, I don't know, my or the later years, my teenage years. That's all I did was I'd sit on a computer and just be like, "Oh, I was like, what does this drum beat sound sure. like with this?" And I would just like recreate the song and be like, "Okay, so here's how the song actually goes." Okay, I'm gonna drop this beat out. I'll put a new beat in. Um, I'll instead of their actual bass line, I'll do this bass line stuff like that. I can't remember how the hell we got back onto this topic. Yeah. My apologies. I'll drift oh, all no, over the no, fucking no, place. No, that's awesome. But um. But yeah, that was absolutely crazy yeah. for me to be able to like have these interviews. Where was I going with this initially? How do we get into this? I don't know. You know what the I, shitty I, part I, is? <laughs> is that I'm doing these sober now. So <laughs> I did this with YB. I'm not. I did this with YB and Steve last week. And I was like, shit, I drifted all. Because I'll go back and I'll rewatch these. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I drifted all over the fucking place. And I was like, I remember at one point I looked over at Chris and I was like, Bro, I was like, I had a beer and a half, and I feel fucking hammered. Yeah, but me, I don't. Yeah, me and Chris went to high school together, and oh. we used to skateboard together back in the day. Shout out, homie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I've obviously I've known Steve Marks as well as uh, your was Lee your first guest? Yeah, Lee and Cassidy. Yeah, I think you've been one of my dear friends for many, many, many years as well. See, that was the thing that that astounded me is that like when we first started talking, like we started name dropping like homies. You're like, oh, like Lee Gook, and I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, that's my roommate. We have been around like one degree of separation in this city for so long, (laughs) and it took us till like this year to really get to know each other. I started working at an awesome new, (laughs) awesome new bar. It's a very small bar on Third Street called Silk Exotic, and that's and that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's where we started hanging. It's been good. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, yeah, that is crazy. I mean, uh, me and Lee were together at Sintani and at Soho back in the day. Dude, Bobby Head, brother. <laughs> Dude, I got stories for days about that guy. Oh, me too. Bob will never, ever check me on a fucking free pour again. He bet me $50 that I couldn't free pour two ounces. Obviously, I have that skill set in my <laughs> repertoire. Um, 
And he paid me. He's also <laughs> throwing a shot glass at me, though. He was, he was, Bob's a scary dude. I love that guy. Yeah. He, um, so he was always fascinated with me. I bet. And he was always like, because uh, like before I was 30, I basically I had spiky hair. I had yep. black fingernail polish. I walked around looking like I just got kicked out of a yep. fucking white snake video. Tight. Um, <laughs> and he would always and he would always like fuck with me. And he's like, it's just how Bobby was. <laughs> And do so a Bobby impression. I, I, I suck at it. It was like, he's like, so let me get this fucking straight. Here, let me give this second. Let me get this fucking straight. And I'm like, and so I'd be like, how'd this come about? Where it was like, he was fucking with me one day and I like, I just had enough of it. And I was like, like I said something to him and he goes, what? I go, yeah, dude. I'm like, I'll kick your head into yeah, like yeah. the next fucking room. And he's like, and he had asked like one of my bosses, he's like, what's up with Parker? And he's and like, don't fuck with him. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? Don't fuck with him. And they're like, he'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, he's like boxer, kickboxer. Like he fucking wrestles all this other shit. And he's like, but he walks around fucking fingernail polish. Like he's not like, cause he thought I was gay. Sure. And I was like, I was like, no, I'm not fucking gay. I'm like, I just do it for the, f-. I'm like, I paint my nails just because I don't have a good reason yeah. behind it. I just do it because whatever. My dad still thinks I'm gay. Just for the record. <laughs> So, and he was like, he's like, so wait, he's like, you can kick the shit out of people. And he's like, you just walk around like this. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, that's kind of, I don't know. I'm like, that's my thing. Sure. And he was just fascinated by it. He's like, he's like, so what else do you do? I was like, I don't know. Do you? So he started asking me all these questions and he actually got to know me. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. He goes, so you listen to punk when you're in high school? He's like, who are your favorite bands? I was like, oh, I was like, fucking Sex Pistols, The Living End. I was like, I love the fucking Clash. I was like, I used to steal the fucking record from my parents all the time. I was like, I'd listen to this. He's like, he's like, Sex Pistols were like in fucking sync. He's like, but I'll let it go. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, and he's such a posh dude. Yes. And it was just one of those things that like, I never expected <laughs> that from him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're like, he'd open up. We were sitting in his office one day and he opens up his desk. And he's like, he pulls out a photo of him when he was like in high school. And Liberty it's like, spikes. Full, full, yeah, full yeah, on fucking yeah, Liberty yeah, spikes. Yeah. And he has like black paint going yes. across his eyes. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, that's the same fucking kid I'm looking at. And it's now it's him suit, like slicked, <laughs> slicked over side hair, <laughs> sipping on a scotch, yeah. getting pissed about like he's he's got like he's got he's got to make like 10 points in the fucking jets game or whatever that sounds about right and i was just, and he was a fucking degenerate gambler yes, i fucking yeah. love him for <laughs> yes, my uh right. i will say this though my, my favorite story was um was we're hanging out with charlie murphy uh we had taken charlie murphy was at joker's comedy club the charlie murphy the fucking yeah. charlie murphy <laughs> um he was at joker's comedy club and we had taken him out afterwards we're like yeah come out and drink with us whatever and he's like all right cool and he was like hey man you got some weed? And I was like, I, was like I, I don't really smoke weed. I'm like, I drink more than anything. He's like, so you can find me some weed. So I hit up Bobby. I was like, Bobby's always got a fucking, he's got a drawer full of drugs. <laughs> so I was like, Bobby, you got some weed? He's like, yeah, I got some fucking weed. He's like, he's like, you smoking weed now? I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, Charlie Murphy wants to smoke weed. And he was like, wait, like the fucking guy from the Chappelle show? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, we're bringing him by. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, you got to come. To, he's like, I'm smoking weed with him. You got to smoke weed with me too. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we go into the basement of the Shintani's and we're down there and we're fucking passing the bowl around. And at one point, Charlie is so fucking stoned. He starts telling the story that's going absolutely fucking nowhere. And he's just bull guarding the fucking bull. And like Bobby just finally looks up. He's like, yo, man, he's like, I want to hear your fucking story. He's like, pass that fucking bull. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. It was like one of those where I was like, holy fuck. I was like, 
leave it up to Bobby just be that fucking guy who goes, hey, pass the fucking ball. I want to hear your fucking life story. Solid. Cigarette <laughs> hanging out like, I want to hear your fucking life story. Pass the fucking ball, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, Bob was a nut. Dude. Good yeah, I people. I love that guy. The very first shift I worked at uh, at uh, Soho 7, very first shift, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning hits, everything. We're cleaning up the bar, and uh, I forget who my manager's name was at that point. I'm sure Lee remembers. But uh, <clears throat> we're taking out the trash, and he has a gun tucked into his the back of his waistband and this is the third ward mind you and he's peeking out the door to make sure nobody's out there to rob us he's peeking out the door to make sure that nobody's going to rob us i'm like man we're in the third ward i'm pretty sure we're fucking safe (laughs) hand on the gun peeking out the door it was a a weird intro to that to that job so good times yeah, he uh, he had a he had a ton of great ideas. Um, I remember yeah. it was me, Lee, and uh, Danny Benevente, and we were doing Thursday nights. Yeah, I was DJing. Danny and Lee were bartending. Yeah, at Soho. Oh, and uh, he was Chris, like, Chris was DJing there too. Yeah, so yeah. I, it was Chris, uh, Dion. Yep, yep, that's right. Dion was there. Yep. And I know there was other guys there, but those are the only two that really stick out. Yeah. I I think there were other DJs there. I just didn't know them yeah, that yeah. well. Kid Cut Up, I think, was. Oh doing yeah, it. Cut Up yeah, was yeah. there too. Yep. Um, but he had such great ideas. Like I remember he was like, he's like, hey, he's like, what do you think of that Slumdog Millionaire movie? I was like, I don't know. I'm like, it's like there's dancing. I'm like, it's not really my bag. He's like, I'm gonna call you guys the Slumdog Thousandaires. He's like, you got like a thousand bucks in your account, right? I was like, yeah. He's like. You want to loan me some money? I was like, what the fuck? Oh, God. He's like, you're like a thousandaire, right? I was like, I, yeah. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, we're going to call you guys. It says Slumdog. Th- it was, so it was a Slumdog Thousandaire Thursdays. Tight. <laughs> Do you remember that Brad, dude? The Brad guy who was a partial owner there? He cast to come into Taylor's. I, wasn't he a cop? I don't know if he is or not. Was I it, mean, he was he the was shorty guy with the dark hair. Older, like purple glasses sometimes. I don't know. See, I it's thought he like had like a, a partner that was like a cop for a little bit. Okay, maybe. Oh wait, 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 no, 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 Bob. I thought his name was Brad. I thought there was a lawyer that was across the street. I think that's Brad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he had passed away. That's not Brad then, because okay. Brad was in Silk last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was unless I'm seeing a ghost, which is a possibility. So, so there was a there was a lawyer friend, and I'm gonna have to go back and ask Lee about this. So there was a lawyer. That was, I thought that was a partner at Shintani and over at Soho, and his office was literally across the street. Okay. But he had passed away from cancer, like in 2010 or something like that. I want to say his name was Perry. Okay. Maybe. You have to ask Lee about yeah, that. Yeah. I only, I mean, Joey and Bobby are the only ones I yeah. knew from Shintani, so... But Shintani back in the day was crazy. Lee met. It was like a it was like a Cialis commercial every weekend. It was just like fifty five year olds really going to town. Joel Hyde, get, yeah, getting ready to get busy. My favorite was I walked in there one day and Joe Hyde was doing a piano cover of Snoop Dogg's like Gin and Juice or something right. like that. And yeah. I was like, wait, I was like, is this Snoop? I was like, dude, Joe Hyde. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Hype, man. He's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Joe's good. He was, he was in the Boogeyman. Cool. He was, dude, yeah. he did, he had his hand in everything. Yeah, he was doing a little people. bit of everything. Yeah. He still plays out, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. obviously with, with COVID and stuff like that. He'd gotten into an accident, too. Yeah. I thought he had moved, too. Like, he'd moved okay. down. I might be thinking of uh, Chris Crow. 
I think Chris is down in Kansas City now. I thought Joe had left too, but I'm not 100% sure. I haven't seen him in Ugh. I think before I think I I've ran into him a couple of times sure. like on Jefferson. Yeah. But I haven't seen him in a long long fucking time. Good people. Nah, great fucking yeah. people. Yeah, it was a, it was an awesome job, so. Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Lee met a uh, CC DeVille from is it Poison? I met CC DeVille from Poison. At Ron, at Ron Jeremy's house. Shut the fuck at up. At 12 years old. Yes, I did. I fucking hate yeah, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, oh, I do too. Yeah, he's an absolute you tell you, you tell your Ron so, story. So, I'll tell my Ron story. So growing I grew up in I grew up in the Valley, basically, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend's aunt, huge groupie. Uh, she dated Slash for a while. She Shut she knew knew Billy Idol super well. They raised they were raising Arabian horses up in like the bridal path of of the valley basically. But uh, oh, so like your family's like rich, rich. I'm um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> they weren't my neighbors, but uh, oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, and even them. I mean, they're they weren't their their grand their grandparents had been in california before you were rich okay. you know what i'm saying i mean they'd been there so for, they had like a hundred yeah acres yeah I, okay. they, they'd been up there for a long time but uh so as a 12 year old she we, she was like oh we could go meet poison uh sounds awesome i would love to meet poison at 12 years old uh, we go to a house. Turns out Ron, to be it was Ron Jeremy's house. Uh, dildos laying all over the fucking place. CC Deville rolls in, meets CC Deville. Hilarious story. My parents don't find it quite so funny. About three years ago, I got back into contact with my friends from out there, and I was like, "Oh, you remember that time we went to Ron Jeremy's to meet CC Deville?" And uh, my buddy said to me, uh, "Yeah." Ron Jeremy took me to Disneyland. I was like, God damn, dude. I mean, no bullshit. The LA in the eighties was still pretty fucking small. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you are tapped into that fucking scene, it's, it's feel like it's probably pretty easy to be in that. Uh, Ron Jeremy came to Lakefront brewery and, in probably about 2001 to host a hip hop show. Uh, and I had, I had all of my friends were with me. I had approached him. I was like, Hey, do you know this woman, Mimi Keegan? He was like, of course I know Mimi. And I was like, I was like, I was at your house when I was 12. All, <laughs> all of my friends are like, Holy fucking shit. Dude. I'm there. I don't know. Um, I thought I had a buddy. Who, I think Matthias, do you know Matthias? Yeah, of course he worked. At I, I was going to say, I'm like, I think he yeah. has a Ron Jeremy tattoo uh, for real. Or Gross. like he has like Ron Jeremy's autograph tattooed yeah. on him. Ron Jeremy is a disgusting human being. So here's here's the thing. Being younger, I was like I was like, oh, Ron Jeremy, porn star, blah sure. blah blah. One of the first assignments I got when I was working at Silk was they go, Hey, you're gonna bodyguard Ron Jeremy. And I was like, Does Ron Jeremy need a bodyguard? <laughs> I was like, All right, well, whatever. Yeah. They they had they had given me weird assignments. Like I was bodyguarding like um comedians, like uh, one of my favorite guys was was Artie Fletcher. I'll get to him in a minute, but um, Ron was a dick. Like yeah. Ron, Ron, like Ron was very, like he was doing his his autograph session and like pictures and shit like that. And it was like Polaroid, like take the Polaroid, yeah. he pulls it out, he signs it, gives it to you, so on and so forth. And I think it was like twenty bucks or something like that. And he was like, okay, man. He's like, you're gonna take the photos, um, but blah, blah blah. I'm gonna sign them whatever he's like and i'll i'll handle everything and i was like all right cool and it was one of those that like how do i put this it was one of those where like he would just snatch it and he'd be like all right next yeah and it was just like 
it was kind of I don't know how to put it. It just uh, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and it, like it got to the point where I was like. I'd said something to Ferraro and I was like, dude, I was like, this guy's kind of a dick. I'm yeah. like, I don't really want to work with him. Yeah. I was like, dude, you just got to put up with him for the night. He's like, just, you know, don't kick the shit out of him or anything. He's like, just put up with his shit. So like, I had like my smirking revenge. So like, I didn't know he was narcoleptic. Like he would just randomly just pass out. Damn. So he passed out in Ferraro's office. And it's like me and Scott. And I recently put this on, on like <laughs> he just- Instagram. Where, like, I wrote a sign where a kid passed out with, like, his mouth open. And I wrote a sign that said, insert cock here. <laughs> and took a photo. No, you did not. Yeah. Dude. And then, like. The, you have the picture? I have the photo. Like, it came no up recently. No fucking way. I'll show it to you after when we're, we're yes. off. Yes. So, that was, like, my smirking revenge. And everyone in the room is fucking, like, trying not to laugh loud to wake him up. And as, like, I'm pulling the, the sign away, he, like, wakes up and is like, what's going on? He's like, I have narcolepsy. He's like, I pass out randomly. What, what's going on? And like, we're all dying laughing. He's like, what did I miss? We're like, nothing, man. We're just watching video on Ferraro's computer. We're all just fucking laughing about it. I'm like, I gotta run back upstairs. But yeah, the, the, and it was just one of those things that like every year I had to deal with him. So the next year he would come back. And I remember we had a, a great DJ, this guy named DJ Schnacki. He never had the chance to meet him. He had passed away a, a bunch of years ago. And this dude was a lightning bolt. This guy would come out on stage. He would just make shit up on the go. And he would have an entire room just fucking cackling. So Ron Jeremy at the time was trying to do, like, stand-up comedy. Like, kind of add on to, like, his repertoire of shit that he did. And he's backstaging. He's panicking. He's like... He, he's getting too many laughs. I go, what are you talking? I'm like, you're Ron fucking Jeremy, dude. I was like, just go out there and just do your fucking act, dude. Yeah. I'm like, it's you, you're doing ten minutes. I was like, you're not doing a fucking Comedy Central half hour thing. And he's just he's panic. He's in a fucking complete panic mode. And then I realized why he was fucking panicking. His comedy was fucking garbage, <laughs> dude. His like his main joke was, hey, you guys want to see my cock? Oh god. And he reaches into his pants and he pulls out a rubber chicken. And I was like. Ah. <laughs> ah. And I think I was the only person that laughed. Oh, that's. Terrible. And it was just, it was awkward. It was one of those that you ever get like, um, you ever get like goosebumps for like you're just so awkward because you know you're like it's like you're at a train wreck. That's what it was like being backstage listening to him do his horrible fucking comedy. I've done stand up many times. That's what it was every single time I did stand up. <laughs> It was like it was one of those where you're just like, yeah, not good, poor fucker. <laughs> like it was it was horrible, and and like people were like yelling stuff on stage at him and stuff like that. But you know he comes back around and he just does the autograph session. That's kind of what everyone was there for. Is they wanted to get a picture and an autograph from Ron Jeremy. I have a one of the first times I met Ron. Um, he was in this movie called Boondock Saints. I have a Boondock sure. Saints. I'll, yeah. I'll show you afterwards. I have a Boondock Saints painting up in my room. And my buddy, uh, Nick, Vegas Nick, and uh, Big Smooth, that was when we were all roommates. We would always watch this movie, and we would always quote it. And we'd always do uh, the rule of thumb fucking joke from the beginning, so on and so forth. And it was something that we'd just drunkenly watched all the fucking time. And so when Ron Jeremy came in, I was like, oh, I was like, Ron, do me a favor. Sign my DVD. So I have an autographed copy of, like, Boondock Saints from Ron Jeremy up there. Um, But, yeah, and then it just – that's the highlight of me meeting him. And it just goes fucking downhill no, from there. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah, and currently in jail. So currently in jail for facing, rape. <laughs> dude. I can tell this fucking story. 
he hooked up with the nastiest bitch I'd ever gross. seen in my fucking life. Gross. So here, so I can tell this story. God damn. All right, shout out to Laura Hoffman. She was. <laughs> this was your fucking idea about me doing a podcast and sharing these stories. So, obviously, he was at Silk. So we, I don't know how the fuck this girl even got hired. This girl used to be a bodybuilder, but she looked like she was pushing 50, but hadn't lifted in the last decade. So, like, everything was kind of, like, she had, like, fake boobs, but everything was just kind of, like, real saggy. And, like, she kind of had, like, a deeper voice. And I was just like, I'm like, who the fuck pays you to be like? And, like, we had the joke where it was like, they paid her to go away. Like, she'd come up and be like, do you want to dance? Oh, God. And someone would be like, here's a 20. Get the fuck away yeah. from me. Or do me a favor. Go force my friend. Like, grab him by the ankles and, you know, with your bodybuilder might, drag him in there and make him take a dance from you. Yes. Like, that might have been the reason that she was there. He hooked up with her after one of the nights he was there. And he was like, hey, man. He's like, I need you to take us over to the hotel. And I was like, it's Gross. across the fucking street, bro. And now here's the thing. At that's where he stayed. You stayed across the street from the 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 place from on Silver the Spring. Silver Spring. Yeah, <laughs> not not the like the Notel Motel yeah. one, like uh, uh, Quinta. Yeah, yeah, but the other one. Like okay. I think it was like a, it wasn't a Holiday Inn, but it was. It's at least like it's... I've been in there a few times. It's not that bad. Okay. We'll get to those stories later. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's like, no, man. He's like, I need you to take us over there. He's like, I need you to see that we're going over there. And I go, huh? I was like, all right, whatever, dude. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving anyway. Yeah. So I was like, hey, fucking he woman, whatever the fuck you are, get in the fucking car. Fucking Ron jumps in. I literally drive him across the street. And he's like, walk in with me. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, dude, I was like, if this turns into some weird kinky shit, <laughs> I'm like, I'm smacking the fuck out of both these people and I'm getting the fuck out. Yeah. So we get to the elevator and he's like, all right, dude. He's like, I'll call you in a little bit, whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like. No, I'm done for the yeah, night, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. call me tomorrow, man. Because yeah. I think he had to be there all weekend. <clears throat> so the next day, I was just like, it's like, so how was last night? Yeah. He's like, oh, it was great. She was very nice. And he talks really weird where he's like, he kind of talk like he talks long. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Where And he, he's kind of nasally. And he's like, you know. He told me you were a DJ and you, you kind of travel around. He's like, a good note to have. He goes, I walked her out. And I go, I don't fucking care, dude. He goes, no, no, no. You got to learn this. You walk him out. You make sure that there's a camera that sees you when you walk out. He goes, you give him a hug, give him a kiss on the cheek. He goes, so that way, if anything ever comes back on you, he goes, you can point back at the video. Weird. And I was like, thanks, you yeah. fucking creep. <laughs> and I was like, all right, whatever. Now, mind you, I'm in my mid-20s. I'm not a rapist. Yeah. I don't sexually assault people. So I didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden, this fucking story comes out. <laughs> and I send it to one of my friends that I'd worked with. Uh, shout out to Jade Simone St. Clair. And I was like, dude. I was like, I sent the article as soon as I saw it. And I was like, do you believe this shit? And I was like, I'm like, do you believe the fucking stories this guy used to fucking tell me? Like, the, the life advice this fucking dirtbag would give me? How weird. And I was just like. 
<laughs> like not even the you fact felt that, raped a little like bit. I felt, you felt like you got you got life raped my my butthole clinched a lot when everything <laughs> just kind of like oh like you know just all came together at Your one ass. moment just like <laughs> fucking nasty fuck <laughs> oh but Sorry. i mean there's there's been smirking revenge with him like lee and cassie had brought it up that we had, we were in vegas at one point i th- i think it was cassie and i i don't know if lee was with us but we were at some strip club. There was something that I was hosting with Jade and Ron was outside and like he had recognized Cassidy and he was like, hey, can you get this in? And he was wearing like Crocs, like sweatpants and like he looked like he hadn't showered in like three Gross. days. And, Ron, and Cassidy was like, I don't know him. <laughs> he's like, I don't know that motherfucker. <laughs> and he like, he's like, he came back in and told me what was, what was going on. I was like, Ron's out there? I was like. Oh, I was like, fucking get him in, whatever. Like, it's, you know, I yeah. kind of know him. He's a fucking creep, but he's like, no, nah, dude, he looks like he rolled out of a dumpster. And I was Gross. like, I was like, when you're that guy and you fucking just don't give a fuck that much, like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, when they said, when they, when they raided his house, like his fucking house is just disgusting. They had pill bottles all over the place, all kinds of shit. But there dude, was, there was a point that I remember, like, I was eating after hours and like i i like i have made like a burger and fries and stuff like that and he comes over and he like grabs one of my french fries and i like saw the like shit that was under his nails and it was like before they said just throw the whole thing away i was like well you can just you can just take that bro you can just have the whole fucking thing disgusting and i was like it's cool i'll just I'll make something while I get home. Sweet. I hadn't eaten all day because I had to put up with your fucking jabroni ass all fucking day. Yeah, he's a vile human being. Fuck, you know, and I don't, I don't feel bad for him at all. Oh um, no, me neither. Every yeah. everything that I read, it was like a, a couple of assaults, and there was like another one where it was like numerous assault after assault. Well, on he got a person. kicked out of the AVNs, I think, years ago before being arrested. That they that he wasn't even allowed up there anymore. This is my surprise face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not. They. That was a well-known thing that Ron Jeremy's just, he seems like a fucking creep. So. Dude, all right, number one, shout out to Cassidy. Um, we went to the AVN a couple of times, and one of the times we were just there, we're like up in the stands just kind of hanging out. <clears throat> we had a couple of friends that were nominated um, that we were partying with. For uh, what? Uh, I think, fuck, I, I can't remember what her porn name is. I remember her real name. Say it. Let's. See no, it. I don't. I don't want to. I like. I don't want to put because shop know, local with your porn. By the way, um, if you know them, make sure you're paying them. Yes. Um, I want to say her name. I want to say her porn name is Nikki Rhodes. She was up for like best BJ scene, and then like our friend Zoe uh, was up for like a girl on girl scene, and we were hanging out with them the whole weekend. Um, and we were up in the stand. <laughs> we we're up in the stands, and like. We're like, all right, cool. We're like, we've never actually just watched the award shows. We're yeah. like, all right, let's fucking hang out. We'll watch the show. And they do like best, what was it? Best anal or best name for like an anal DVD or something like that. And it was strolling in the colon. <laughs> oh, that's solid. That's, dude. That's very, that, I would love that job. Oh, wait. Strolling in the colon too. Obviously. <laughs> Cassie and I the were. Cat, we were just howling. Just, oh, that's we're like, amazing. We're like strolling in the cold. Yeah. And that was like our quote for the entire week. I was just like, fucking strolling. What are you guys doing? We're strolling in the cold. Yeah, I would love that job. Whoever had, has that. We had walked out and it was one of those, like he was wearing like a hustler t-shirt 
and like someone was up, hey, I work for Hustler. That's a great T-shirt. And he was like, he was like, I love your shit since the '90s, bro. <laughs> um, we had ran into uh, to Evan Snow. Do you know who that is? No. Evan Snow is this dude. He's built like a fucking bodybuilder. Um, long, he's like the porn version of Fabio at the time. Long blonde hair, dresses in trench coats. Like, but it's like. Like almost looks like Victoria, like almost like a like he looked like he fell out of a vampire movie. Sure, of course, from the nineties or yeah. something like that. But it was one of those that like he was in every fucking porn at the time, and like Cassie literally turns around, I was like, "Bro, bro," it's like this fucking Evan Stone over there. I was like, oh, "Let's go say what's up." We're smoking cigars. We're like, "Hey, can we get a photo with you, dude?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, of course." Throws his arms around. I think I still have that photo upstairs. I got to pull that one out for you Solid. afterwards. Yes. Um, yeah, dude, we had a blast, and then like we ended up meeting. We were at some hotel at like the Circle Bar, and at the time, Zoe and I were like listening to a ton of My Chemical Romance at the time. And I go, Zoe, Zoe, I was like, that's Gerard Way. And she goes, who? I go, the dude from My Chem. And she's like, holy shit! <laughs> so like we totally like fanboyed, and we're like, I was like, Solid. hey dude, I was like, I'm just gonna put it out there. She's a fucking porn star. <laughs> <laughs> She'll do weird stuff. <laughs> awesome. But uh, but yeah, dude, I've met like a ton. Like, dude, I remember I met. Actually, Zilly was part of this one too. I had met Stormy Daniels years before the Trump shit. The Trump shit. She was dating the drummer from Hollywood Undead. I was out there. I was DJing for something. I think it was like E3 or something like that. And uh, they assigned you like a, a concierge at the hotel. And they were like, oh, I remember what this was. Okay, this was a fun weekend. So they assign you like concierge and they're like, hey, like if you need anything, just here's my cell phone number. Give me a call. Anything you need, whatever hour of the day is, let me know. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I usually just sit in my room and like I kind of nerd out and like play with music and shit like that. And I kind of do an outline in my head of like what I want to do for sure. the night as far as playing. And uh, with Zoe being there, she's like, well, let's go fucking party. And I was like, I don't. Like I'm, I'm here on work. I really don't party, but I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm like, let's see what's going on in the city. Um, Cassie had lived around the guys from Hollywood Undead. So like before those guys had, had come out, he was like, dude, he's like, you got to check this out. These guys are awesome. They're L.A. dudes. I was like, dude, I was like, the album's fucking phenomenal. Like I had remixed one of their tracks and uh, I was like, cool. I was like, I was like, hey, I was like, they're playing in Vegas. I was like, can you contact those dudes and see if like we can get tickets? And he couldn't get through to him. And I was like, well, it's at the Hard Rock. I was like, maybe I can just buy tickets. So I called the concierge dude. I was like, hey, I was like, I was like, can you get tickets to this show for me and my friend or like put us on the guest list or whatever? He's like, yeah, let me get on it. Yeah. Let me see what I can do for you. So he calls me back like an hour later. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, I can't. He's like, this show's like they oversold the venue. He's like, I can't get you tickets. He's like, um, I'm really sorry about this. He's like, usually I can get you tickets to anything. But he's like, they oversold the venue. I'm not able to get this for you. I was like, oh, you know what? No worries. I was like, you know what? I think my friend Zoe and I, we're just going to grab dinner somewhere. We'll go hang out. And she's trolling through Twitter. And she's like, holy shit. She's like, Stormy's in town. And I just see her like, see smoke coming off her fucking thumbs. Like, while she's Shredding. just texting and yeah. stuff like that. She's like, we're on the guest list. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, Stormy's dating the drummer. And I was like, oh shit all right cool excuse me so we end up going to this show and it's one of those that like we're hanging out on the side of the stage i was like and the fucking hard rock is fucking amazing and they're like hey man like we're we're," they're like come on in so on and so forth get to meet the band beforehand i was like hey i'm like you guys know cassidy whatever they're like oh yeah cassidy blah 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 
they got like a tapper of Miller Lite. I was like, oh, I was like, is this is this community beer? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're shotgunning like sparks before they go out on stage and shit like that. And then like afterwards, we all like hung out afterwards. So it was Stormy, the drummer, me, Zoe, and like we had gone out. And then I had a I had other friends that were in town. And they're like, hey, we're over at this club. Like, come hang out with us. And I was like, well, I'm like, I'm kind of hanging out with some friends already. Sure. I was like, Zoe, what do you want to do? She's like, well, I'm going to hang out with Stormy. Like, I haven't seen her all night or seen her in a while. I was like, you know what? I was like, that's totally cool. I'm like, you want to just meet back at the hotel? We'll grab breakfast later. And she's like, yeah, cool. She ends up getting lights out with Stormy and the drummer. I end up getting lights out with my friend. Oh, yeah, I can tell this story. I'm not dating the girl that I was dating at the time. Excellent. So, um, I ended up meeting a girl. I think we were at Pure. I ended up meeting a girl. It was like her birthday. And we go back to my hotel. And I'd given Zoe like a key to the hotel. And I was like, I was like, hey, I was like, yeah, we're going to hang out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm totally, like, I didn't really think about the fact that I had Zoe there. Yeah. So like I go to open the door and like the, like the lock is on it. So it's like the, de- not the deadbolt, sure. but it's like the, the door stopper. And I'm like, oh shit. I was like, God damn it. I was like, Zoe, and I'm like calling, I'm calling the hotel room, calling her cell phone. She's out fucking cold. This girl ends up passing out, like on the floor. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, fuck. So I ended up having to call the hotel. And I'm like, hey guys, I was like, uh, this is DJ Zero Cool, yeah. like, you know, Parker, whatever. I was like, I'm locked out of my hotel room. And they're like, oh, is your key not working? Come down, we'll give you a new key. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I have a porn star passed out in my fucking bed in my my suite. I was like, she like put the like the the yeah. the lock on the door, and I'm like, I can't get in. And they're like, oh, we'll send someone up. And they were so casual about. It. I was like, how often does this fucking happen? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no. So the guy comes up, Jan latches the thing, and I like, I literally, I was like, oh, this fucking poor girl. Like, I picked her up and I just threw her on the couch and threw a Damn, blanket on her, dude. Yeah. And like, I go into the I go into one of the bedrooms. I was like, Zoe, Zoe. And she's like, huh? What? What's going on? I was like. Thanks for answering the door. She's like, what? I was like, you locked me out of my own fucking hotel room. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got so drunk. I was like, I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you later. Girl wakes up. I think she had no idea where the fuck she was and literally just fucked off before me and Michelle like, oops, sorry, before Zoe and I, (laughs) before Zoe and I got up. And uh, so we get up and I like, I explained to her, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was totally going to hook up with this girl that I met at a club. So on and so forth. You just ruined chick, it. This chick fucking passes out after like waiting for like 45 minutes for like maintenance to show up and let me in. I that was sounds like, awful. It was fucking horrible. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, There's a... Oh, so this is also from that weekend too. So at the time I'd been working with Jade Smone St. Clair from, um, from Playboy TV. And we'd been doing events all over Vegas and shit like that. And we ended up... Um, she ended up having me do this private party up in a penthouse. And it's like this amazing three bedroom like this place is like pretty big it was double the size of this place and i was like all right cool like i i i got i rented turntables i rented speakers like for like 200 bucks like a dude showed up yeah dropped him off at the hotel and like i could see people giving me weird looks like as i'm going through the hotel with a bunch of powered speakers and turntables like what the fuck like what the hell's going on here so we go up we set everything up up in the hotel and they're like, hey, we need a bartender and we need security. I was like, oh, I'm like, my two old roommates live out here. I'm like, I'll call them up. My buddy Nick, who was like a bar manager, I think, at One Oak at the time. Okay. I was like, hey, dude. I'm like, I need you to bartend. He comes out. He's slinging drinks. My buddy Big Smooth, I think he was there too. Don't quote me on that. 
I think we had him like making sure like everyone that was coming in was like with the party and shit like that. What ends up happening though is so Zoe's there with me. I'm set up in the living room. Everyone's jamming on, playing some like old school records. We're having fun. And then all of a sudden, like everyone like darts the fuck out of the living room. And I'm like, Zoe, I'm like, did you fucking fart? Like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on, bro? And I was like, and she's like, everyone's over in the in the like the other like dining room or whatever. I was like, go see what the fuck's going on. And she like comes back and she's like tiptoeing. She's like, oh my fucking god. She's like, Cher's at this fucking party. Cher was there. <laughs> Holy Christ! Now, mind you, I'm on the turntables. Yeah. I'm like, I can't really fucking leave Dude, what you I'm doing. Just went to all Cher tracks. The and, whole no, time. I didn't. I was like, I was like, I don't want to be that fucking dude. Cool, you son of a bitch. But besides that, like, I got like gypsies, tramps, and thieves, and like fucking believe. Like, I think those were the only share tracks I had on my computer yeah. at the time. Do you believe in after love after life? Which I think, like, that was like the beginning of all that pop auto tune. Was Turn like back that. time. It's played at my funeral, dude. <laughs> that fucking outfit and that fucking dude. It's just like so good, amazing. Just, like it's like a piece of cloth. Share fish. If, yeah, if Cher's still single, I am. I'll be single for you. <laughs> I'm married, but other than that, I would be single for Cher's very old robotic butt. Dude, she like. Have you seen her? She's recently? ninety. She's ninety and <laughs> still looks like she's thirty. Yeah, because she's not real. That's not. She's not actual organic material. They're gonna have to do something with her when she fucking yes, dies. Finally, are. if uh, she fucking dies, she will man. just go right back to the wax museum. <laughs> She's, she's already wax. Oh, she's what else a, oh, go ahead. Oh, she's an amazing woman. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. I didn't get the chance to meet her. Um, the older Enrique Iglesias crashed that party too. Wow. And I was just like, I guess they were staying on the same floor and didn't know what the like what all the noise was, and they just walked in and whoever was at the, they wanted I, to complain about the racket. And they just walked in, and they were like, and everyone was just like, it's Enrique Iglesias, it's fucking Cher. And then they I have a hard time believing that Cher just fucking, she's making noise complaints in person. Just rolled in, and I was like. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I feel like she's like. So think about it like this. You're working the door. I'm Cher. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on? And she walks in, it's just like, who's stopping her? She's not on the list. Just shows up. It's fucking Cher. I would card her. It's just, that's fucking 1846. Birthday. Do you think her ID just She's says She's 200 years old. Do you think her ID just says share? Yes. <laughs> yeah, what else would it say? Does she have an ID even? Does she have a real name? Are you even real? I don't you... think I think She's looked any, the same since the fucking She 70s. has to have a private plane. I would imagine she travels private plane. Yeah, she's not. She's she not traveling very, commercial. She, yeah, no. There's no fucking way. No, you know what she's not doing is skiing. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Oof! <laughs> Sorry. Oof! Right to the liver. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't apologize to me. I didn't fucking know apologize him. Apologize to Sonny Bono. Sonny, wherever you're at. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. We're going to pour a little off for you, brother. Right into the carpet. Ozzy, nah, oh, clean this up. That was so good. Uh, it was, oh. That was cutting. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like she would have to have a private plan. She doesn't need an ID. There's no fucking... Dude, there's no fucking way she travels She's transcended. Dude, you know what? She doesn't even fly. She has she, one single name. She just, She appears. I bet you that's true because she's probably been dead for a long time. It's just a hologram. <laughs> More than likely... She uh, is the Tupac hologram, except for in Cher. But. Let me ask you this. What was your crazy... Like, you've obviously had an extensive career in, in the service industry. What is your craziest 
moment in the industry. Well, outside of working with my ass, I uh, I mean, <clears throat> I know it's hard to top Bobby Head. I yes, that's true. I mean, I I I have seen a lot of really insane things. I was at a I was at an after hour party at uh, at Treats. Do you know where Treats is? Yeah. Uh, back in the day on Halloween where uh, where a fight broke out and people were just being fucking tased, people hiding in the bathroom. The owner of Treats ended up being tra- a transgendered gentleman, but he was like, before that, he was just fucking ripped, tattooed guy that was always strolling around with two, two pit bulls. I mean, that, that was probably some of the weirder things that I've I seen. I think I remember that now. Yes. <laughs> I, so he transitioned? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yes. know what the, the exact he tra- term is. He transitioned. Is yeah. it, do you refer in past tense? See, this is the thing. I don't know all the rules oh, yeah, for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, hey, if you're listening yeah. and you're part of that community, my bad, send me an email. Yes, and I'm accept. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care. No, I just I don't know what the verbiage is. <laughs> me neither. There's, there's yes. like dead naming. Yes. Like if, if someone transitions from one thing to another, you can never bring that name up again. And so on and so forth. I don't know all these rules. I yeah. just try and be as polite. I'm as possible. cool with whatever you guys yeah, want. Whatever do. you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's you your own happy. business. I don't care. Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Yes. I don't give a fuck, dude. Yes. Yeah. Don't hurt people. Be happy. Uh, yes. What the fuck was I gonna say about treats? Now, there was something I was gonna say about that. I remember the dude with the fucking pit bull because there were stories about him like back in the. Oh movies. yeah, he's a. I mean. That was probably some of the weirder things. I don't know. I've, I've, uh, yes, I've been in the bar business here for a long time. I mean, I, I, Milwaukee is a wonderful, wonderful place. The service industry here is fantastic. I think that people here are incredibly supportive. Things are about to change. I think you are going to have a lot more people that have actually been in the service industry that own bars now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before, I think it was people who, who were just getting into it for the money. I think you're going to have a lot more people that are experienced that are going to start owning bars here. Did so. you get a chance to go to, uh, I think it's Mojo, MKE? No. Uh, Todd, uh, Dano, Dano's fiance from, um, not Rascals, uh, former Mel's on Water, Scooters, and, uh, okay, so those guys, shout out to them, they had their, their opening over the weekend. Okay. I saw Ashley had posted something about it. And they had bought Rogue's Gallery. Oh, cool. And it was basically the bar staff that had been sure. over at, at uh, Scooters for... Chipped in and bought it. Yeah. They, oh, that's they awesome. It. So yeah. it's, it's Todd. It's Dano. Um, Dano's fiance, whose name is, escapes me right now. But uh, shout out to them. They opened up over the weekend. If you get a chance, go over there and check it out. I remember what I was going to say. You were talking about people hiding and, and tasing and shit like that. So one of the weirdest ones for me was... This was actually with Matthias, too. This was 10 years ago, and I think the anniversary of this was a, a week or two ago. This is why it's in my head. So Distill at the time was one of the like one of the craft cocktail sure. places to work at, and Matthias started working there. And it was one of those that like they would be slow sometimes, so they would close early, and they would go out, and they would be like, I think he came to see Lee and I over at Soho, and he was like, hey, let's go back to Distill. We'll after bar there and hang out. It's me. Oh, excuse me. Me, Sherm. Oh, I got a burp again. <laughs> me, Sherm, um, Henry Buttersauce Higgins. Yep. Um, and a couple other people. And we are drinking. Or no, when we roll in, it's like 
there's loud music going on. And we're like, Matthias is like, dude, I locked the fucking door. Like, what the fuck's going on? The owner, who I think is Mike from Mikey's, yep. is there and he's partying his fucking ass off. And he's there with like a bunch of girls and Damn. shit like that. <laughs> Bitches are dancing on the fucking bar. And I'm like, did we walk into the Kennedy compound? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? And Matthias is like, bro, like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we're having a couple of drinks. I was like, fuck it. Make me some fucking drinks. Now, mind you, it's right at bar time. It's 2 a.m. We're partying until about 3 in the morning. Music fucking blaring. And all of a sudden, like, I think the cops either walked in or the cops were pounding on the fucking door. Sure. And everyone fucking scatters. Now, my like, I kind of know, because, like, Matthias had given me a tour of the place earlier. Sure. And <clears throat> or at one point, he had given me a tour of the place. And so, like, I kind of knew the layout of the place. So when the cops showed up, I was like, fuck this. I grabbed two drinks, and I went and hid in the soda room. (laughs) Oh, tight. So I'm in there, and I, like, I knew that, like, you could lock the door from the inside, but you couldn't open it without a key. So I'm in there. I got, like, two Stolian fucking sodas just hanging out. And the cops are going from room to room to room to room. And I'm texting Matthias, like, Dude, what the fuck's going on? He's like, if you're hiding, he's like, just stay where the fuck you're at. I was like, all right, cool. I got two drinks. I was going to send him photos. I was like, oh, I don't want don't want to use the flash. So I'm hiding in the soda room. In the I, dark. In the dark. I'm hiding in the soda room for a fucking hour. And I'm like, fuck. At some point, I was like, I got to break the fucking seal, bro. Yeah. But thankfully, there was like a, a rack of highball glasses that were in there. I filled like two of them oh up. Oh, my them, God. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So at some point. Like, I can hear that the cops have taken off. They gave Mike a ticket for after hours and shit like that. And Matthias is like, all right, dude, you can come out now. So, like, I walk out. I dump the fucking pee into the fucking, into the sink. I come back out. I got a drink with me still. And I was like, are the cops fucking gone? Everyone's like, dude, where the fuck did you come from? I'm like, I just hit in the fucking soda room for the last hour, dude. Like, why were you hiding? I was like, I don't know, dude. I got unpaid parking tickets. I don't know what these cops are looking (laughs) for. I'm Hispanic. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get shot. Dude, Hispanic, we panic, man. <laughs> the Spanish, we vanish. We out. I don't know if they're ice. Like, you know, like whatever. Man. I know I'm, Danny. Yeah. I'm like, I'm out, dude. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this yeah. shit. So, yeah. Uh, until he hit in a fucking soda room Sweet. for like an hour. The be- I would, uh, they used to do after hours above... Uh, the spice spot on Third Street. What's that place oh, called? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Codebreaker. Uh, the band Codebreaker. Uh-huh. So they used to, I mean, it was jumped off, straight electro shit. Mm-hmm. They used to throw fucking A bars up there that were fun as fuck, dude. I mean, full on like slamming dance parties up there. It was super, super cool. So that's, I want to say that's Oak Barrel now. Okay. And then I, from, that's. I think that's still Andrew Ruka, who was at Brothers for a bunch of years. And he had, to, like, I'd played there, for, like, I did a wedding there a bunch of years ago. Um, Chris Engel did his wedding. And, like, Ruka was explaining to me the layout of the place that, like, the upstairs, like, all those apartments now are all Airbnbs. And, they sure. and yeah. like, they all have their own themes to them and shit like oh, that. Oh, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, dude, we charge, like, $400, $500 a fucking night, night to stay. Yeah. And I was like, and, like, like showed me some pictures and i was like that whole building's kind of cool because they have like underground parking so like you come in through the back you park downstairs and you like unload your gear and you can like put in a in like the elevator and it takes you up to the top floor it was fucking phenomenal that building in general is just a fucking cool place chris engel's wedding on the other hand was 
fucking insane. Yeah. Dude, he like this is an old school soccer hooligan who would watch like Manchester United games with us and like I would tell him story like same stories I'm telling you, I tell him about like me partying sure. in Vegas and DJing and shit like that. And he always just thought it was really cool. He's like, dude, when I get married, you're gonna do my wedding. Well, sure shit. Meets a girl. He's like, I'm getting married, and I think this was like four or five years ago, and I did his wedding, and it was fucking insane. Like, he was crowd surfing at his wedding. Sweet. Dude, they had like, they had him in a chair, and they're fucking throwing him up in the air and shit like that. I had the entire, like, like the entire group that was like there for the wedding. They were singing uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, sweet, like, man. Dude, That's we just awesome. had a blast. Um, I love weddings. At one point, he was like, yeah, dude, he's like, play some fucking Beatles. He's like, yeah. play Twist and Shout. Yeah. And He's standing up on top of a chair and like during the, the crescendo towards the end yeah. of it where it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> and he's like bringing the crowd up. And then as like it hits, as it hits the chorus, the fucking room goes mental. Yeah. It was top five. One, or You know, probably the best way I ever had. That's awesome. It was just a blast yeah, yeah. from from beginning to end. Um, It was just a fun night. And dude, we, we had a blast. I, fuck, I haven't talked to him since his wedding. Like I knew he went on his honeymoon. I've I've missed seeing him, but I know he travels around all over the place. Like he's over in the Middle East, like doing contract, like not like contract work, but like Killing. contract was, work. Yeah. He was talking about murder. Yeah, but either way, <laughs> not like contract, not like, but yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> writing contracts, not yeah. like doing contracts. Exactly, yes. exactly. Just wanted to make the clarification yes, there. It's different. Don't kill me, Chris. <laughs> Please, that's fair. Excellent. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Hey, Brandon, how long do we go for, brother? A minute ten. A minute ten? Oh, uh, an hour ten. Hour ten. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that was not <laughs> a fucking minute, brother. Um, I think we did pretty good, man. Yeah. Do you got yeah. anything else you want to fucking bring up? Um, no, not yet. I'm planning on coming back on. So. Oh, definitely, dude. <laughs> yeah, everyone, good. like, I want to have everyone on. Like uh, every couple of months, cool. And just Sweet. rotate through a bunch of people. Yeah, I got some big stuff coming up, so I think uh, we're trying to do a service industry New Year's party at. Uh, I want to get in on that for yep, sure. Dude. At it's going to be at uh, Turner Hall this year. It's going to be the week after New Year, but it's going to be champagne toast, uh, balloon drop for everybody that worked on New Year's Eve. Uh, we got sponsorship from some liquor vendors, uh, but it's going to. I'm trying to get Harmar Superstar. So it's going to be a fucking dance party. We're going to do soul funk. Everybody yeah. dancing. It's going to be a good time. So. Let me tell you, I'm brown. I'm down. Yeah. Sign me the fuck <laughs> I'm brown. I'm down. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be fun, dude. So um, looking forward to summer, dude. Yeah. So I'm ready for the pandemic to be over with. Getting so. over with the fucking COVID. I was just talking with Matt from Taylor's last yeah. night, and they want to do their anniversary party during the summer. And he was like, dude. He's like, I want to lay out that stage out on like Jefferson and Wells. He's like, I want you, he's like, I want you to just bring your DJ homies. He's like, we'll do some bands during the day. He's like, but he's like, I want you and your like your homies to close this out. Yeah. And I was like, immediately, I was like, I got four homies that I just love playing with. And sure. That's, that's Steve Marks, yeah. that's YB, and that's Eric. Or yeah, E. Yeah. Rich, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I was like, let me talk to those dudes. I think it'd be like probably from like nine till, and we got like right at two, we got to abruptly stop. I yeah. think that's what we did for like the sure. 20th anniversary. And I was just like, yeah, I was like those guys, I was like, take care of us. I'm like, we'll throw a fucking party, dude. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. This dude. summer dude, is going to jump like, off. I think everybody's ready. The only thing that I I'm concerned about is I just saw that. I forgot which festival it was. Is it wasn't Polish uh, Festa Italia. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Festa Italiana. They canceled that. 
they moved Summerfest to September. I think they're doing that to kind of give people time to get vaccinated sure. and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But I'm concerned about the fact that our concert's going to be back. You know, what's, you know, I don't, we went through this with one summer already. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to go through it again. I understand it. But at the same time, like Cassidy said it best, man, I want to start paying $14 for a beer and seeing a band again. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Or, mean, or a warm beer at yeah. the rave. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if uh, if they're not going to be willing to open it up for us, we'll be doing underground parties. So. Again, I am fucking brown. <laughs> I'm yeah, down. Yeah. Stay tuned to my Twitter. Yeah. Underscore DJ Zero Cool on Twitter. Uh, DJ Zero Cool on Instagram. And then just search up DJ Zero Cool on Facebook. What you're probably watching on right now. This will be up to, uploaded to YouTube later. Um, I think that's it, brother. Yeah. I had a blast shooting yeah, me shit too. with you. Thanks for killing yes. my scotch, brother. Yeah, it was great. DJ will do this yeah. again. Hey, the rest of you, thank you for tuning in. Once again, check out the social medias. Uh, shout out to uh, Mojo, MKE. If you get a chance, go over there and go support uh, Todd, Dano, the rest of the group. Um, if you want to catch the UFC fights next week, come hang out with me at Brothers. Uh, we'll be doing that. I'm going to be there early. Uh, I think the undercard starts at 7. It's a fucking stat card. You follow mixed martial arts at all uh not really not really okay. yeah i mean i'm it's cool but yeah. it's just skateboarding it's gonna, yeah it's gonna be a good card yeah. uh come out to brothers um shout out to um uncle bucks they're gonna be hosting the fights as well uh venue i work with um they're they got that fucking upstairs it's just fucking Ooh. beautiful right now so <laughs> if you can't get in at brothers uh go over to uncle bucks go show those guys some love shout out to dj lawrence uh or i'm sorry dj broadway lawrence and the rest of the crew over there uh, i think that's it. That's all I got to plug. Listen up, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Next week is... Oh, post-fight. We'll have Scott Cushman back on. He's going to talk uh, post-fights style bender with me. And we'll talk about fights. We'll talk about uh, him coaching Ben Askren for the Jake Paul fight. Um, a couple other guests that are going to be coming on later this month. A couple of artists. Uh, well, so I have coming on another DJ. Uh, former owner... Former, former club owner. Talking about... Uh, some good old days and uh band and uh retired i don't think he's retired but alec baldwin too right alec baldwin will be in he's gonna <laughs> yes. talk politics and uh hamburgers Al- i believe was yes. he was the one that was passed yes. on the floor yes and bratty ass kids yes. listen thanks for tuning in everyone take care be safe mahalo peace